Good afternoon, and welcome to Everybody, the podcast which shares stories that highlight people in life, that make the world an interesting place, which ultimately ties us all together in unique and wonderful ways. And who am I, you might ask? I would be the head wrap socialite, wife, mom, micro-influencer in the fashion and etiquette world. But on this podcast, I will be introducing you to some people who I've had the opportunity to meet along my journey, who have helped enrich me in my life in beautiful ways, and who I hope will do the same in yours. Everybody, talk to everybody, be smiling, and just have a good old time among family and friends. The 507 is not a bad place after all. No, not not when you can find people that make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. You know? Family. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the good kind of family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ones you can choose. Yeah, the ones you can choose. Yeah. They're the ones you can choose. Yeah. I think we need to make like probably a jingle around this. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be the next thing. I don't know how we're gonna do it or what it's gonna get your cello out. I'll get my cello out. (laughs) (laughs) Backed up to the sound of music. Where that that'll be like part of the yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh my god. That's funny when you mention the sound of music, the the musical or the the movie. Yeah. Um, because when I imagine what I want my life to be Mm. or someone else's, like Lewis's, yeah, you know. I imagine the mom in the hills. Uh, she helps. Yeah. And she's got her arms stretched out. Yes. And she's spinning. Spinning, yeah. And she's looking up at the sky and she's yeah. just smiling. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that is pure joy. Mm. And when I blow out birthday candles, yeah. when I make a wish, anytime I visualize that. Right. I don't ask for anything. I just visualize wow. that. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I might have to incorporate that on my... And my birthday wishes. Yeah? Yeah. You got a lot of wishes? Girl, yeah, I got a lot of candles in that cake. <laughs> yeah. But as you get older, do yeah. you feel... I get better service at stores. Mm. People call me ma'am. Oh, I like that. I like that part. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that part. I love getting older. Um, The one part about getting older that I may not enjoy so much, though... Is the creaks and the cracks that I could go pick up this this mug right now? And it's all of a sudden, spraying my wrist like, oh, God, I got an ER. <laughs> but it's the most bizarre things. Yeah. Seriously, I pick up a pencil the other day and like I got a crook in my finger. There were three questions that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Let me turn this fan off because I'm not sure you can you can't hear it. You got a fan on? Yeah. It's just it's on super slow. Like it's hot there. Oh heck yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's hot here. Like how hot? Um, hold on, let me look. I don't know. It's outside. It's probably seventy-five during the day. Oh, I'm angry right now. It's very hot. My room faces the, the morning sun. Mm. My room is always super hot. We have we have not had winter at all. You can have some of this because it's thirty-five degrees here right now, and I think we're about to get like another snowstorm. Yeah, no. No, we're not. We're not. My husband, he only wants to travel places where it's warm. And I'm like, no, you know, Uh like took me to Florida my birthday one year. And I was, I don't want to go outside. Why are we here? (laughs) And welcome to another episode of Everybody. Today's special guest is come from a a family of, of super achievers, but I also carry with me the bloodline of a lot of creative people. And so over the course of years, I've had the opportunity to 
be influenced and encouraged by family members who I've seen in industrial design, interior design. I had an uncle who was just an incredible artist by nature who passed away as a freshman in college, but I still have his artwork. So my path has taken me from, you know, being the kid with the little uh, weaving loom thing and pottery wheel, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of crazy things like that that parents buy you when you're little, Mm -hmm. all the way uh, to design school at Rhode Island School of Design. Hello. Hi, Trina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing you in a plaid dress and you you do have the uh, beaded hair. Exactly like these, right? Yes. That that was my signature hairstyle. <laughs> I think I wore it up until high school. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It, it, it took me until well after high school to learn what my signature hairstyle should be. And it, it should not have been parted in the center, no matter how much I tried. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> one, one day, I don't know how old I was. I was like, oh, my hair parts on the side. <laughs> oh. I've been fighting that hard for a long time. <laughs> don't don't force symmetry. <laughs> oh, Pat, it's so good to hear your voice. It's, Thank you. It, and it's funny because in my head, I can still see us as like little kids. Oh, absolutely. Wait, what are you going to do for the rest of the night? Um, I'm going to study. Study for what? I- I'm in nursing school. Mm-hmm. Why did I ask you about that? <laughs> I had no idea. Girl, that would have been like my first question. Like, what? Oh, what's that tea? When did, you, when did you decide to go to nursing school? When Nanny had uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you should do some of this stuff. Oh, wow. You could do this. Like, how many more hours do you have? I'll okay. be finished next March. Good for you, T. You're going to stay right around there? You thinking about moving? Well, I still want to be the regist- my registered dietitian. I still want to do that. So, oh, okay. Probably- In addition to? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome, T. Thank you. Keep it going, girl. I told you, you're my hero. <laughs> you're, you're, you're my hero. Now it's like one more thing. I'm on the trophy wall. She's doing it. But yeah, give everybody a, a hug a hug from me and, and tell your I mom will. I said, hey. Okay. All right, T. Love you, girl. How do you feel music connects different people and different cultures? What role do you see music promoting a social and cultural understanding? I'm a big jazz fan. I know enough to appreciate a great musician when I hear him or her play. Yeah. I I don't know enough to be a great musician, (laughs) but I know enough to hear. You know, the important thing is to answer your question. I mean, the reality is someone's background, race or whatever background they come from, is irrelevant when you listen to someone play. I mean, mm-hmm. all that counts is how well you play. So, for yeah. example, I think that every name that I just rattled off, mm-hmm. you know, these are kind of my childhood idols. Yeah. Every name that I just rattled off, I think, are, are, I'm thinking through the names that I rattled off, every one of them is black, right? I'm mm-hmm. not black. Right. But who cares? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, Cliff. You know, I mean, they're great, great musicians. They're great musicians. And it's your question about bridging cultures. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I mean, if a musician has great talent, it, it doesn't matter what their background is. You that's appreciate their talent. How every age is a nostalgic one. I, I really love reading the essays of E.B. White. So mm-hmm. E.B. White of 
Charlotte's Web. <laughs> he he was an essayist, is what he primarily did uh, mm-hmm. with his writing, and he was just so aware of how the world was changing around him, um, and he delighted in living the old way. So he and his wife moved the family up to a farm in Maine from New York City and to get away from the hustle and bustle. And he decided he was going to be a salt marsh farmer. But he was at the same time writing uh, still for Harper's or the New York, whichever magazines he was writing for at the time. And his wife was a successful publisher and they would go to New York quite a bit. So they escaped, but they were very much in the world and very comfortable and he didn't need to be a successful farmer, but you know, his neighbors were. And uh, their first winter there, they decided that, Oh, it's snowing. We're living in Maine. We need to go on a sleigh ride. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, we don't have a sleigh. Oh, okay. You know, the neighbors will have a sleigh. They're asking their neighbors and yeah. cars are driving by and they're like, neighbors are like, no, we don't have a sleigh. You know, Nobody has a sleigh. And they finally found one. And they're like, oh, now we need to borrow horses to pull the sleigh. So they go around, they find somebody to, to they like, borrow horses from. They hitch them up to the sleigh. And they go on this beautiful snow, snowy sleigh ride. Mm. And the horses are just kicking up. snow is in their faces. And it's cold. And they're miserable. Yeah. And he, he recognizes, like, oh, you know, we're the crazy ones for being nostalgic for this fantasy of sleigh rides because we've heard them in in fairy tales, you know. Right. You know, they're in Christmas songs. But the reality is, this isn't what people do now. Right. <laughs> why, why am I trying to live in this previous age when we've got these nice comforts here? We could be in a car that's enclosed, warm, and right. you know, we don't have to go everywhere trying to find these things that our neighbors are like, <laughs> the, the crazy couple from New York here. Exactly. Here <laughs> they come again. Trans- they're trying to <laughs> transport 50 years into the past. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, so he, he lived the experience. He, he said himself, he's like, he'd step back and go, oh, no, you know, time's funny. You know, it moves on. <laughs> so with that being said, do you ever feel nostalgic about the past? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> about so many things. A cultural exchange between, you know, actors that gone to train in London and others that gone back to, to Moscow. And a lot of Americans actually do train in Russia okay. for like an intensive like month. Okay. There's also the Moscow Art Theater is the other really famous one. Mahat. That's what that one is. Okay. And we were just at the other one. We were at Yidi's. And we were there. It was January. So mm-hmm. the middle of winter. And it was so cold. Like people in Minnesota here, like <laughs> it's cold here, but it's a whole next level cold. And for the first three weeks in Fahrenheit, it never okay. went above zero. Oh, man. Even during the day. At night, it was like, it would drop you further. You would go out, and within 30 seconds, you were, like, super cold. And you were just, like, walking to get to the metro. Wow. To get on that train so you wouldn't have to be outside anymore. That's... It was frigid. Yeah, that... Okay, that's... And I complain here about the Minnesota winters. So I guess we shouldn't even complain about about this because it's nothing compared. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, the, the weather is a huge deal there. Uh-huh. But the training that we received as part of my degree program in Russia was incredible. Mm-hmm. The theater that we saw in, in Moscow, mm. 
The Russian theater is unparalleled. The way that they the way that they do theater there, I mm-hmm. ne- I never thought that theater could be done like that. Really? What's the difference? Just they they completely explode your expectations of what huh. a play looks like. They think outside of the box. They they're like, how could we do this? But completely flip it flip it on its head. The use of scenery and props. And music and movement. Movement is the huge part. The okay. actors over there are are extremely trained in physical theater. Okay. So they have they have, they they are able to manipulate their bodies in so many interesting ways okay. that are great to watch. Right. They also take traditional texts. Like we saw a lot of Shakespeare when we were there. We saw a five hour Othello, and it was insane. I mean, they had to have two intermissions because it was so long. And so we were at the theater for five hours that night. It's like captivating the whole yeah. time. You sit there and you were just drawn in visually. And it's all in Russian too, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't speak any Russian, mm-hmm. but I didn't care. It didn't matter because it was like, I knew the story. Yeah. And I generally knew the sequence of the scenes. And okay. I knew who the characters were. So I knew what was going to happen. Right. And that helped a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, we saw another play that, that <laughs> I we it was it was called, uh, it was some Italian farce. Okay. And we didn't quite know the plot. So yeah. we were like sitting there watching and it was like all this crazy stuff. <laughs> and they were all laughing. Yeah. The audience was all laughing. And me and my friends, we were just like, why is this funny? <laughs> did you it's laugh? Fun to watch. Did you, yeah, did you laugh too? Well, just we because. Just, <laughs> so seeing Russian theater and mm-hmm. seeing, we saw the ballet when we were there. We saw okay. the ballet. Oh. Who is this Trina that exists now without my mom, without my grandma? You know, mm-hmm. so I had to really think long and hard. And there were a lot of boxes that I had to unpack within myself during that time. Mm-hmm. And I learned a good deal of who I was supposed to be and who I was becoming on the journey, even if at the time I had no idea that that's what was happening. So even with my mom and my grandma being here, they left me a lot of tools in my, I always say, in my backpack, in my attache case, in my big room of things. But they left me a lot of tools that they knew that I was going to need on my journey to finding myself without them here. And that's been probably in the pain and the struggle. That's probably been the most exciting part Mm -hmm. because I don't know if even the podcast would have come about if they were still here. I don't know if me on social media would have happened if they were still here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I think they opened up that part of who I was supposed to be in that next phase of life. Do you feel like you're following in their footsteps? Like you've made a conscious decision to be them? Mm-hmm. Like it's now it's your turn to be them or are mm-hmm. you your own unique Trina? No. Own unique Trina. Um, of course, there are facets of their being that I know they left with me because mm-hmm. I can feel it. I feel it on a daily basis. But I know that they want me to take those pieces, but then elevate, yeah, elevate myself. That's like, what every parent wants for their kid. That's it. That's to, it. To be elevated. Mm-hmm. Learn yeah. from our whatever and then be better. Be what better. That's it. It's great that you had those role models. 24 little hours brought the sun and the flowers where there be rain. My yesterday was blue, dear. Now I'm part. My lonely nights are through, dear. 
since you said you were mine. What a difference a day makes. Skies above can't be stormy. Since that moment of bliss, that thrilling kiss, it's heaven when you find romance on your menu. What a difference a day makes. And the difference is Have you ever met someone and their very presence made you aware of what things were possible for you? What do you believe your life's purpose to be? I look at purpose from a spiritual point of view. I I believe that we are all endowed with gifts and talents. Mm. Almost innately. I mean, you Mm -hmm. learn something, but there are some gifts you come here with. And Mm -hmm. either recognize them or not. But I believe everybody has a gift. They might spend their entire lifetime and never know it, but you have a gift. So whatever that is, I believe you have that gift and you've been endowed with it in order to fulfill your purpose. So Mm. I think once you really reflect and you really go in where all the answers are, you Mm -hmm. you will learn what those gifts are and you'll start to identify them. And they might be small things. Like people always say, I don't have any gifts. I'm not a gifted person. Well, you are. There's some pre predisposition that you have about things, about life, about what you almost intuitively know, think, and feel. And mm. whatever that is, that, that leads you to what you will eventually do to make a difference in this world. And I think that's what your purpose is. Why am I here and what am I supposed to do to make a difference? Right. My purpose, as I see it, is to use my gifts. And my gifts, as I see it, are my voice. Mm-hmm. And that's my voice for speaking. Mm-hmm. That's my voice for counseling. That's mm-hmm. my voice for teaching. Mm-hmm. And that's even my voice for singing. My voice is one of my gifts. The other is my a gift of discernment. And that is mm-hmm. of being able to see who people are yes. and how they can most effectively work together. So mm-hmm. I have held a lot of leadership positions and I am still doing it now, even in retirement, uh, of facilitating groups of people. Uh, I find myself in that role all the time. But in the meantime, the hallway's dark and he's like lighting his feet up on all these Legos. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he like, I'm sure he was like cursing at us. I'm sure. So, do I want to tell the one part of the story, Keith, where where we um, so we run into my grandparents' room? Am I telling that one? Am I telling that story? Tell, tell the one you want to tell because they they all the same. They all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I used to okay. I used to think I had the superpower and I could meld into like the dressers, whatever. (laughs) So we all used to have our hiding spot. Like my spot used to be by the closet door, by the dresser. Keith used to be on the other side of the bed. And my brother used to be like, like, uh, like behind the door. So this one day and uh, he's right. They all end up the same, but he comes running out of the door. For some reason this day, he misses the Legos. I don't know. Maybe he was his superhuman strength, my uncle. So he comes flying into the room. So before Keith has a chance to hide behind the bed, my uncle grabs him up. 
Kate, this is terrible. So I'm melded against the dresser, right? I'm like crouched down low. My brother's already hiding. My uncle gets my cousin and he starts just like, just imagine the worst case scenario. Like my uncle just goes ham. So as my uncle goes ham, I can see my cousin's eyes. He meets my eyes. And basically he's like, help me. But I knew that if I would intervene, like I would get it just as bad. So I just stayed there and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. And I'm just like melted against the dresser. So that is our, our Lego story that happened. The moral of the story is don't do stuff with your older cousins because they all they, they <laughs> <laughs> they might just let you be (laughs) 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 and get the whooping for everybody (laughs) (laughs) oh keith we had some oh my gosh some some great times like i wouldn't change it like and i wouldn't trade it nothing nothing not one part of it i i want to thank my cousin for joining us on this episode to to come in here and surprise his mom and uh Again, I just want to thank you, Cousin Keith, and I love you uh, from the bottom of my heart. I love you too, Trina. I love you too. I don't know. Life, life is that. Yeah. You know, too. Life is what you make it. Sometimes God will put the people that are there for you are really there for you. They're there to help. They're there to pull you back up and say, come on now. So, thank you, Aunt Sonia. Thank you so, so much. I love you. And I love you too. And thank you for having me, even though I was maybe the sixth person on your list. But that's all right. You got me. And make thank you for sharing this time with me. I mean, it was just such a beautiful conversation. And I really appreciate you as a friend. Thank you, Trina. I love you. I feel the same. I love you. I love you.